Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. This is Scott Belanger, your host, aka Jax Falcone at Dino Game Theory, and this is episode three. Let's roll. are so close. It is so close. We are one Sunday away from a full slate of NFL games, and I don't know if I can even believe it. I literally don't know if I can believe it. Um, We are four days away, and by the time you're listening to this, it should release Tuesday morning. We are two days away from real football, and it looks like we're going to be blessed with quite a game as we get uh, Houston at Kansas City in week one. I can't even believe it. The country is on fire we're in the middle of a pandemic, and somehow we're going to have NFL football and fantasy football. Unbelievable. So excited. But not as excited as I am to bring you my guest this week, the absolute stone-cold nuts. I've got the man, the myth, the legend, the chef, the undroppables king, the OG, the Beezy. Yeah, buddy. The Beezy is in the house. Man, what an introduction, dude. Much appreciated. Hey, that's that was fire, dude. <laughs> That's what you are, man. Come on, you're you're like the Godfather. You know, you sit in the corner, everybody respects you. You don't have to say nothing, and you know, we all come in and kiss the ring. You make us some some Parmigiano, and next thing you know, we're you know we're we're winning championships over here. That's, that's, I'm over there slicing the garlic with yeah, the razor, with the razor blade, razor. dude. You know, that's right. <laughs> Paulie likes it really thin. He sure does, dude. Don't fuck up his garlic, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know. Uh, Beezy, which is definitely the name, Jake Beesong, uh, is joining us today. Jake has been part of the Undroppable since it really started. And, you know, he's been uh, just a fixture on Twitter. Everybody who's into Dynasty Fantasy Football and has spent some time on Twitter just kind of loves the dude. And and so I'm sure all of you are, are really excited to to hear from him. I mean, he's just got a, you know, a great way of bre- breaking things down. But he is a Twitter expert. Let's not let's not mess around here. And, and we got to call it what it is. When he's on Twitter, it is absolute fire. He's one of the best follows on on the entire thing, man. I absolutely love every time he he throws some fire. He's got this face app where every uh every gif is his <laughs> fucking face and it's it's hysterical. And I, I can't I can't get enough. I, I really can't. So BZ, I think you are absolutely killing on Twitter. I, I, I just love having you on the team and love having you around me and, and you and you make everybody's day better. I'll just say that. Oh man, I appreciate that really. Dude, it's like being part of the Undroppables is like one of the best things that, you know, could have happened to me this year, just personally with everything that's going on between the pandemic and, you know, just, uh, just, it's a rough year. Yeah. So, you know, just to have this and to be able to focus on something that, you know, we love so much. And, you know, we had that, that string where we were just like, are we going to have football? You know, it, it kept going back and forth. We're like, no, we're not going to have it. Maybe we're going to have it now, you know, to be here and to be right in the, like, we're a week away. We're less than a week away. Right. And we are just going to get a killer f- game to just start this off. It's going to be, it's going to be fire, dude. Absolutely. And I'm so, I'm so excited. And, you know, just to be just watching what you've done and, and coming in, you know, getting your own podcast going, dude, like you're one of the guys I respect on here the most. I mean, I, if somebody's going to challenge, you know, the way that I think I've always said it's you. Cause you always bring that different perspective of how you look at things. 
And I respect that so much. So it's like we kind of could go back and forth and just see the, these different ideas and how each of us thinks differently and then kind of mold it into like one thing. And it's just it, it's it's absolutely like just being with you, being with the guys. It's just it's a hell it's a hell of a group. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. And I, I think it's actually something that I really like about the group is that it's not homogenous. We're not all the same. We don't all think the same and we have a lot of respect for one another. And, you know, I think it comes from being in a lot of leagues with each other and having seen the way people play, you know, and and not just think, oh, yeah, you know, this guy talks a good game. But, you know, when the chips are down, he won't he won't join a league or he won't put his money where his mouth is. And, you know, each and every one of us, you know, has kind of got the cool Jones and the <laughs> to, to back it up. And, you know, um, so, yeah, I love it, man. I, you know, speaking of the undroppables, too. I just tweeted a second ago before getting on the air, like, this is the greatest collection of free fantasy football that is on the internet right now. There's just no doubt in my mind. You know, Brad Wire with his offensive line rankings, we just dropped, you know, it's something small, but it's the um, the practice squad uh, breakdown and tracker. So you guys yeah. can, yeah, dude, it's just awesome. I mean, just, just to have all that out there normally, and it is our admitted and open goal to provide everything at one place, you know, to be a one-stop shop, to be the place where you can come for everything. I've got my Debbie rankings coming up uh, shortly. Well, they're basically done, but they'll be hitting the site soon. And, you know, in terms of looking ahead to 2021, looking at your 2020 rookie class, looking at redraft, looking at dynasty, looking at offensive line, looking at roster construction in the NFL to understand what's coming and uh, medical. I mean, we've got really everything going on on the site and, you know, we're only growing. You know, we're bringing on people who are doing a great job. I mean, AWL, Sabermetrics, oh, Dan, man. I mean, he's just, he's great. He's just a great guy. He's doing all the contract stuff for us. So now we have all the contracts on the site and, you know, how long guys are signed for, when their potential out is. And especially in Dynasty, this is something that's super important to understand. But even in Redraft, uh, it's important to understand, hey, this guy's playing for a contract or he might be an out next year. They might try out the rookie or or whatever, right? So we just have all that information, all that content, articles. It's just awesome. And, you know, we're only growing from here. But I was just thinking to myself, this is the absolute best collaborative project going that's especially for free. I mean, there's some other great projects going, but they've got some pretty heavy price tags to to follow along. And and, and we want you all to follow along. So hopefully you're at the Undroppables, following everybody at the Undroppables, going to theundroppables.com, reading the articles, checking the rankings, just kind of checking out all the free content there so that you can win your league. And uh, BZ, I know that, you know, the other part of this is BZ is doing a, a podcast that's really been taken off and these guys are doing a great job. Tell us a little bit about the pod and how, how you feel it's going, BZ. Un- dude, Unscripted is, is it's really starting to finally come together, you know, as anything, like when you first start off doing it, you know, everything's a little bit like shaky. You're trying to feel each other out, you know, get those breaks like where you can get your own, you know, get your points across and it's starting to become like a thing where, you know, I've known Paulie since I came on Twitter. I mean, he's, he's the reason why I, I started doing what I did. And, you know, it, it was all because of Paulie. And with him, I met a bunch of people and then term. And so I was comfortable with Paulie going in and like I said, term and I got a chance to talk through some leagues and stuff like that. So once we finally kind of like really got on the same page and we really just started gelling, it just, it's just, it just rolls, man. And it's just it, each episode, I feel like we're getting better. We're getting stronger, you know? And, and like I said, it's just, it's, it's such a fun time to just kind of go at, go at it with those two. Yeah. 
you can bust their ball, dude. I'm I'm all over term all the time, and it's just and you give you know some of Paulie's trades. I woofed them a few times, and it's just you know. Well, it's a great it's a great collaborative too because Term is one of the smartest guys you'll ever meet, and he's sneaky like that. Uh, not as many people know exactly how smart that guy is, but you know he's got it all up there, man. He's got a really uh, big depth of knowledge, and and you know with Paulie sort of having his his finger on the pulse of the NFL and. And kind of seeing what's coming, and and you just kind of coming in over the top rope, and and adding humor, and and of course the woofs and the whole thing, and it's just it really just works together, you know. You know, you add some of that personality, some of that splash that I really like. That obviously I I would love to be in your spot, you know. It's the it's the Ed McMahon spot. You just get to laugh at them and throw fire at them and watch them, let them, <laughs> yeah, just kind of throw firecrackers in the car and let them figure it out, you know. And so I love it. It looks like a lot of fun from your spot, from your spot. But um, you know, it's just great. So uh, where can people find that? That is basically uh, the unscripted pod. I was I was messing around and searching uh, iTunes for the Undroppables, and both of us uh, our pods pop up. So real easy to find us both if you're looking for us, but. Unscripted and undrafted are the two are the two uh, pods going right now. So hopefully you're listening to both, and, and we'll kind of go from there. I mean, you mentioned it Thursday night. We are going to have a rematch uh, of the AFC playoffs last year. You know, this is Deshaun Watson against Pat Mahomes, Week One Thursday night. I mean, does it really does it get any better than that? Hell no, dude. Right? This this is the, this is the mecca. <laughs> what you want to see? Right? I mean, you know, Watson just signed. You know his big deal like his deal for the texans mahomes just signed the 10-year deal for his team i mean these guys this is the next this is that battle that you know we're going to be watching for the next like six to ten years yeah at least these two go at it for it's it's fantastic and both are so talented and you know obviously like the chiefs just have just a ridiculous offense and you know we'll see what bill o'brien pulls together with what he did over there yeah exactly but i mean (laughs) at the same time watson is a good watson is a fantastic quarterback and you know he's gonna make things happen regardless so i'm i'm you know I'm, I'm, i'm i'm so excited to watch this game dude i've already been hitting the Vegas books and everything. Yeah, I think it when you hit when you hit on it perfectly, it's like who knows what exactly that team is around Watson, but Watson's so good, it's like you know he'll he'll put up points despite the rest of the team. I I do think this is you know I think it was uh, Casey's favored by like nine or something like that in the game. I have the I have the notes here, but I'll I'll pull it up in a second. But it's like nine and a half right now, uh, over under fifty five, fifty four and a half, depending where you're at. Yeah. So it's the biggest points game of the the week. Uh, so on a Thursday, but it's also a 10 point favorite by Kansas City. I think that's right on the money. I, I'm having a hard time, you know, picking Houston, even with, you know, getting 10 points, even nine and a half. I, I think Kansas City runs away with this one. I think it's one of those, you know, 42, 24 games where, you know, Houston battles and scores some points, but at the end of the day, that, that defense just can't hold up and Kansas City's going to want to come out there and, and kick someone's ass. I think that's how they're going to come. Of course, everybody does, but, you know, it's week one. It's a big game. It's prime time. It's, you know, it's pandemic football, start one, you know, I mean, it's just sort of everything coming right out of the gate. I think they're all, all going to be fired up, but, you know, something tells me that Kansas City won't get down 24 nothing or whatever the hell the score was. I think it was 24 nothing that other game. So <laughs> <It was. laughs> you know, I don't suspect that. It's like fire up all of your of your Chiefs in this one. You know, obviously I don't need to tell people that. You know, of course, of course you're playing Kelsey, Hill, Mahomes, and CEH. I don't suspect um, on the other side it's going to be pretty interesting. I don't know – you know, what's going to happen with the D Johnson, you know, whether it's David or Duke or, or what's going to happen there. Do you, do you have any thoughts about what we're going to see from the Houston backfield? Cause I think it's going to play a big toll. 
Well, see, I was actually just starting to look at this, and I had David Johnson down as a start because obviously, you know, the volume is going to be there for him. Uh, and but again, here, if they start to go down into a hole, is this where they bring in Duke Johnson? Again, I David Johnson such a great pass catcher, and he, he he's such a great route runner that does he need to come off the field at any point? Do they bring in Duke Johnson to change it up, or is it just do they just keep with what they're going? I mean, we don't really know what the offense for the Texans is going to look like with all the changes they made. Right. Usually, you know, I mean, in the past, you know, they've Watson hasn't really been like a huge target your running back kind of you know quarterback, and that has always kind of been like a that's kind of what pissed me off when Duke went there because it was just like, well, this isn't great. But, you know, who knows what with this year? Because, I mean, they got a big change in receiving core. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, I mean, Randall Cobb, uh, Kenny Stills. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, who's the one who is going to be the guy that, I mean, you would think would be Will Fuller, but is he going to stay healthy for the year? Is Brandon Cooks, you know, fully healthy, ready to rock and roll? If he is, I mean, what do you have, three or four seasons with over a 1,000 yards and was just a stud this entire time with different quarterbacks every single year? I mean, all these guys came at Randall Cobb out of the slot. Did look pretty decent last year in Dallas. These are all the questions. And you, and you look at it, you know, Fuller. We all love – here's the thing. We all love Watson, right? We all love him. Mm-hmm. We all think he's going to have a huge year. Everybody's got him ranked in the top six at least for both Dynasty and, and and Redraft, yet he doesn't have a wide receiver being taken anywhere inside the top seven rounds at all. No. So someone's going to be a value. I've been taking Cobb, thinking that he'll at least be steady Eddie. I think the Fuller, Stills, Cooks situation, I think there's a lot of speed and, and a lot of, you know, they can threaten teams deep. But really the one underneath guy is Cobb, so I've kind of been hitting him where I can, especially because he's so cheap. But it's going to be interesting to watch those four and who gets the playing time, uh, who gets the snaps? Who gets the targets? Uh, where do they line up? Um, you know, week one might be telling because that's when everybody presumably will be healthy and ready to go. Uh, I know. Oh, Justin, Will Fuller pulled his hamstring. Sorry, uh, that's yeah. that's bad news. <laughs> I mean, dude, would it be? Would you be surprised? It's like, come on. No. Yeah, I probably said it. People are like, oh shit, he did. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Nobody was like, oh, good joke. They're like, no, that's fucking scary, man. <laughs> um, it's gonna happen. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, there's a zero percent chance he plays sixteen, right? I mean, it's almost uh, almost a zero. But you know, for the games you've got him, he's gonna probably you know take the top off and. It's going to be very interesting that Houston team. Obviously, that they're going to have to open it up against Kansas City in Week One. Uh, you know, for each one of these games that we hit up. But first of all, it's too bad this is a Thursday nighter because this would be this would be you know DFS all day long. I mean, uh-huh. on the main slate, we would just be picking everything off of this game. It would just be it would just be this game. Yeah. You know, oh, just, absolutely. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to you don't have to pick any other players. Just pick everybody from this game, and you're going to roll. So it would be the all these stacks. You know, um, would be would be going crazy. So, but. In this particular case, you know, Thursday night uh, DFS lineups are, are kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know that I'm qualified enough to speak on those. But, you know, I, I started to put a couple lineups together and every single time and ask for the MVP. You know, the, the guy who gets one and a half points. Yep. I don't know how you can't put Mahomes every well, that's, time. That's what I'm saying, dude. I, it's, like, <laughs> it's so clear. It is. And the, the thing is, is like I just I, I feel like Mahomes is about to just go out and he's going to throw five touchdowns. Easy. And it just it's just like that. And I just think he's just gonna yeah. rack up the score. I think it's gonna be I personally I think the this these two teams are setting the tone for the NFL season with all the shit that everybody's been through with all the like they're gonna come out and they're gonna play their balls off and just put on a show. 
So it feels like the bet for Thursday is uh, Kansas City and the over teased. I don't see how that can lose. I know it's a uh, you know not not too many teases are great, but I mean just to get them down to whatever four and a half and or three and a half, uh, you know, only given three and a half and and the total to be forty, you know, forty eight or forty seven. I I see how it possibly could go under, but. Uh, really, I think Kansas City is going to push that 45 number by themselves. So, yep. you know, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. So I think it, I'd be looking at Kansas City, uh, you know, and the over tease. But my eyes in a dynasty sense is going to be on this, on this Kansas City backfield. And, you know, I tried to pick something that I was looking at for every game. And, you know, now that you brought it up before the show about Dwayne, Dwayne Washington, uh, DeAndre Washington, sorry. Yep. There's too many D Washingtons <laughs> out there, but. What, both D, both D Washingtons are not on this team. So even if you like the other one, he's also not there. Uh, but you know, with Washington being waived, now you basically have CEH, Daryl Williams, who's a, I think he ran a 479. I mean, this is a, this is a short yardage kind of, you know, he's a good football player, but he's not going to steal touches from CEH. Yep. And Darwin Thompson. That's I it. mean, <laughs> Darwin Thompson's alive. Um, you know, what's going to happen here, BZ? I mean, again, this is we're gonna we're just gonna put it this way. I mean, I don't see any reason why Andy Reid is just not gonna give Ceh the load and just say, right, you know, you're playing against a weaker defense. Why not just get your offense out there? And it's, as much as it sucks to say, it's it's kind of a it's your warm up. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we'll move right on. Uh, but you know, one quick last note. I mean, I think it's something like uh, Kansas City running backs under Pat Mahomes have averaged like twelve and a half or something like that uh, touchdowns on the ground every year. They're going to get some touchdowns, and it looks like unless Darrell Williams steals them, which he's very capable of doing, Ceh could have a really big year. So uh, whether you like Ceh, thought he was a good prospect or not, uh, right now as a redraft player, he's got to be firmly in that first round, given the the talent around him and the you know, the team around him. So, uh, but moving on to, you know, Sunday, uh, we'll start with, with my team, which I think is a snoozer. This is an awful game. I don't think anybody's going to be looking forward to watching this game. Uh, but Miami at New England, the only thing I'm really excited about is, is Cam Newton, right? And I don't know. I, I honestly don't even think there's any part of this game that I would put anywhere near any sort of DFS at all. No. Maybe Cam. But that's about it. Am I, am, I mean, there's nothing here. Nope. This is one of those. I mean, Miami and New England, they, for whatever reason, this is like that, that, that whole team, that, that, that one team has your number, you know, and Miami always seems to give New England a, a push. And, you know, but when you look at it, it's like both teams have very, very different looking. So, you know, you got Cam who's replacing Brady. I mean, Edelman's still there, but Gronk's gone still. And now you've got, you know, what's the Patriots backfield? You got Sony, you got um, James White. Those are your two steady Eddies right now. I mean, Damian Harris looks like he might be out with that that pinky surgery. So that kind of that sucks because I was really high on him coming in. Um, you know, what's the tight end situation going to look like in New England? I mean, you got, you know, Ossie Ossie and you got Dalton Keene and then, you know, Izzo, I believe, is still there. I, I, I believe is I, mean, I think that's his middle name actually. Yeah, probably you know, but it's like it's like when you look at this offense, it's like there's going to be value somewhere, obviously, and somewhere, but you just don't know. And then let's we have no idea. Flip that. Now you look at Miami, right? Now you, you got Fitz, you got Fitzmagic back there. So if, as long as you got him back there, dude, that dude's just going to huck the ball because at this point in his career, he doesn't give a shit. He's just going for what he's going for that glory, man. He just wants to ride that Absolutely. horse. Absolutely. 
So YOLO. But you know, again, it's like New England's defense. How is that going to look? They lost a lot of guys this year. They did. You know, I, I think you stole the words out of my mouth when you started talking about, you know, because my eye will be on on this game is all about the New England skill positions, both their wide receivers. I mean, we know Edelman is going to play and we know where he's going to play and what he's going to do. But, you know, who gets the outside role? How long and how many snaps does Nikhil Harry get? How many targets does he get? You know, what are they going to ask him to do? Total snaps. I'm looking at t- routes run targets for both the the wide receivers and tight ends. Mm-hmm. And and it, you're absolutely right. You know, whether it's Asi Asi, Keen, what are they doing there? I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I will say that Belichick doesn't have uh, a long leash for things. So if if it is Asi Asi and Keen and they come out and they show themselves, he has no problem playing them. Of course. But if they struggle and can't pick it up, you know, Delaney Walker is a street free agent. Mm-hmm. He'll come in. You know, he's Belichick will do something. So – you know, I'm going to keep an eye on this, um, and I'm not jumping too far in with both feet until I really see some, you know, some some significant snap totals and targets for any of these players. Because you know, even if Asiasi has three catches for two touchdowns, that's a big week. But if he's only out there for you know 20 percent of the snaps, I'm not going to go. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that means that it's a little fluky. Um, you know, so we just need to, we need to really monitor this New England situation because it's going to be interesting to see how they play around Cam. Uh, so that's what I'm really looking at in this game. Miami, Miami down the line, I think is going to play well. I don't know that they'll play well in New England. You know, New England's defense, uh, losing a lot of players. They still have a good secondary, mm-hmm. uh, McCordy, McCordy, Gilmore. You know, they've got some players back there. They drafted a rookie safety. We'll see if he's any good. Obviously, if he is, that makes that a pretty formidable spot. Their secondary. Is that Duggar? I think they do have enough. Yeah, 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 Duggar. Exactly. They do have enough um, pass rush. Hopefully, Miami was terrible running the football last year. I mean, almost legendarily bad. Uh, now a lot of that is Kalen Balage, but you know he was the one playing. So if if he was better than the guys behind him, I guess that's not so good either. But you know they had no nothing to nothing to run behind there, and they don't exactly have the best running back core in the league. I would I would guess that we think they're the worst one in the league with Jordan Howard and. Matt Breida, you know, that there's, there's obviously maybe the, on the other side of the field is the worst one, but you know, so it's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty putrid. We don't have to spend too much time on it. You know, for, for DFS, you're, you're looking at cam maybe only. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's some other dart throws that people think are, are, are going to hit, but I'd kind of stay away from the whole game. Uh, maybe Gasecki. I don't know. I just would stay away. I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna fade it all, dude. I mean, there's just nowhere I'm really seeing <laughs> yeah. it. But you know what? Just low point total. Just, got it, we got to we got to throw it out there. Did you see that trade with uh, Lynn Bowden today? Love it, love yeah, it. You know, I, love I know it. you do, dude. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I said it coming out. This kid's a wide receiver. You know, this was what I thought he was. I thought it was. Thanks for setting me up. Uh, this is this is my wheelhouse here. Mm-hmm. Lynn Bowden is a is a wide receiver with running back traits. That's what he is. And immediately the, you know, the Raiders draft him and say, he's a running back. We're making a running back. And it just felt so forced. And I felt like they forced it from the beginning. And then they said this big surprise, like he couldn't pick up uh, pass blocking. Of course he couldn't pick up pass blocking. He's a, you know, he played quarterback at college and receiver. Yeah, he played some running back. But, you know, when he played running back, he was getting the ball. It wasn't like he was a proper you know, all down running back that had to learn the nuances of the position. It was basically just because he was so electric and such a good football player. They wanted to give him the ball. That's really it. They, that's why he played quarterback too. Cause they're like, everybody sucks on this team except you. We'll just give you the ball right away and let you do shit. With <laughs> Absolutely. It. You know, and, and, and he's, and he's dope. But, you know, to think that he was going to come in and, and, and command a, a running back role on a team filled with a lot of pass catching running backs and, 
it just didn't make any sense from the beginning. I didn't like it at all. And of course, they didn't want him playing over rugs or competing with rugs. So I think they were a little bit dysfunctional with their approach on, on Bowden. And I think now in Miami, there is some spots for him to play both. You know, he can, he can kind of go back and forth. I don't, I don't think he's going to be a very big fantasy asset this year, which is probably why he's a great, you know, buy low at some point, uh, you know, during the season. He might surprise and maybe he plays the slot a lot. I don't know. <clears throat> I think they're going to probably look elsewhere, although that team is also going nowhere, maybe. I mean, I kind of think, you know, maybe six, seven, eight wins at the most. I mean, they're certainly not pushing for a playoff spot. So maybe at some point during the year, they start to give Bowden some run. But uh, it's a great spot for him. I think the coaching staff is great with Flores. I think they're smart enough to use him appropriately and properly uh, and scheme around him as opposed to try and fit him into a specific scheme, which is exactly what you have to do with a player like that. I said he's a poor man's uh, Debo Samuel. In other okay. words, he's a wide receiver with running back traits. And that's what I mean by that. Now, how did like just out of curiosity too? Like we were talking about Antonio Gibson a little bit before the show, and mm-hmm. do you see similar similarities in that whole situation playing out Washington as well, where? Kind of how you broke down Lynn, like is Gibson that kind of say, is he a wide receiver that they're trying to force to be a running back or is there something more there? I think it's probably a little bit the other way around. I think he's, first of all, I mean, he is built. So, I mean, he's what, six foot. They would listen to him at like six, two or six, three in the, in the Memphis guide. And I think he measured at six foot two twenty eight, if I'm not mistaken. Like he was, he was more, he was closer to a running back size with that, you know, that David Johnson body. Um, he just looks so natural as a running back that I think they're probably looking at him as a running back, and I see him as a running back. Um, you know, he has elite running back size, speed, and athleticism. You know, he is somewhere between Kalen Balaj and David Johnson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but you think about it. Think about what Kalen Balaj was like. He's this big, fast, athletic guy that just couldn't play the position. Mm-hmm. And then David Johnson. Hey, he was drafted in like the fifth round, but he was he was the same type of thing. He was this raw prospect that came out and was running, you know, fast and w- wasn't sure if he could pick up the nuance of the position. Sure enough, all of his wide receiver attributes, uh, you know, served him very well as a as a running back. And I think that's what the ceiling is for Antonio Gibson. Whether he can get there or not is a complete mystery, but it's worth a shot in dynasty. Absolutely, I'd love to have him on my roster to see if it does pan out. Because if it does. It'll be it'll be glorious. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And and of course, the undroppables. We had um, you know right when I started to join the undroppables, which was you know I guess I don't remember February or whatever. I don't remember when the heck it was. Now it feels like forever. It feels like just my home. But um, you know I was doing my rookie scouting, and you know Paulie was like, "Hey, so you like this uh, Antonio Gibson guy, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know." And and uh, I think I had him number six uh, as in my pre-draft. Uh, running backs right behind the big five. I mean, I had CEH at five and Antonio Gibson at six, and I think it sort of shocked Paulie. And now Paulie's higher on him than any of us. He, you know, I, I, uh, he kissed the toad, man. He fell in love. It's oh, head over heels. So, but I, I totally get it. And you know, we, we, we're all sort of tepidly, anxiously, optimistically approaching Gibson. You know, we, we don't, we're not all, all the way in, but we are totally all the way in with what his ceiling is. His ceiling is through the roof. It's just whether or not he has what it takes to get there, which is a whole different ballgame in the NFL. 100%, dude. Uh, Sunday, yeah. another outstanding matchup. Seattle at Atlanta. Ooh. This is another one of those games. This is like video game football, man. I mean, this is going to be so good. You know, you've got Julio, Ridley, Ryan, Gurley on one side and 
Russell Wilson, Metcalf, Lockett, Carson. I mean, this is a, this is the DFS game that I'm targeting the most. Mm-hmm. I want to stack all this game. I want Atlanta or Seattle. I'm not as sure about Gurley and Carl, uh, Carson. You know, they're not slams, uh, but certainly the passing games are. And, uh, what what else have you seen here? What else are you looking at in, in this game? Well, like you said, you just said it. You know, I was looking to look at the running back situation. I mean, it, how much is Gurley going to – how much, you know, work are they going to give Gurley right off the get-go here? Are they going to give him a full, you know, 90%, you know, the snaps kind of deal? Or are they going to start working Brian Hill? And like they said, they were thinking about doing. And on that vice versa, Chris Carson, are they – what, how much run is he going to get? And what kind of leash does he have with the fumbling issues? And if he's not, you know, if he starts to kind of revert back to that again, uh, do they pull in Carlos Hyde? Is it DJ Dallas? You know, those are two backfields that I'm kind of keeping my eye on just for, there's not like crazy like this, you know, there's not this slam value behind any of these guys, but right. if something goes on, there's going to be value there as we go. Um, I'm right. You know, I want to see DK Metcalf. I, I'm so interested to see, you know, how that distribution between Metcalf and Lockett looks this year. I mean, you think it 1A, 1B is basically the way you got to look at it, but I'm interested to see if he's going to take that next step and just, I mean, the kid's just, he's got that look of that dominant, you know, yes. Calvin Ridley type receiver. And you're just like, all right. Calvin Johnson. Oh, sorry, yeah. Cal- you said Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was dominant Calvin Ridley. I was like, eh, yeah. maybe like, not. Hold on. Yeah, but um, yeah, but then again, <laughs> but he does. He has the yeah. yeah, he has the big body, the big hands, and you know, um, just he's just a beast out there, and and he's the fastest guy on on the team, and well, except for Philip Dorsett, as Pete Carroll pointed yeah. out, but you know, um, woof, woof, um, but you know, yeah, woof. <laughs> you know, I'm very interested to see what Todd Gurley looks like. I mean, you know, I'm just now it's like I'm pulling for him so much because you hate to see a player's. I I hate injuries. You know, I never want to see a player leave the league because of injury or. Or slowed down because of injury. I want everybody at 100%. Uh, I am betting on Gurley a little bit here because I think it's a little bit pain management. It's not something broken. It's just something that's that's going to hurt, you know, and kind of give him discomfort. Uh, and eventually he'll lose mobility and, and strength and all these things and he'll slow down because of it. But, you know, I'm hoping that they can kind of, you know, nurse him along for lack of a better term and, and kind of get him uh, through another season. I think this is his age 25 season. Yeah. I mean, 26 maybe yep. turns later, but... He's young, yeah. you know. I mean, it's not like he's old and hurt. He's still young. So hopefully they can, you know, take him to uh, Germany or wherever Kobe went, you know, give him the steroids that, that Kobe took and, and get the, get this guy, uh, you know, back and running. Absolutely, dude. And it, it's it's crazy how fast, you know, he was the number one consensus, consensus pick like three years ago where it was like you needed Gurley. That was your guy. Yes. And now it's like at the end of the yeah. now we're getting him the seventh and eighth round in certain leagues. And it's, it's like crazy. are you kidding me? Absolutely. And and uh you know I think that game's gonna be a super fun game. Can't wait to see it. You know, let's go to Browns at Ravens, which is also another another huge game. I absolutely love this game. You know, you're talking about all day. This is so so many good games. You know, Thursday and then these two barn burners early Sunday are just amazing. The Ravens are favored. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is all a high, also a high point total with the Ravens favored by nine or ten. Mm-hmm. That line's been moving a little bit, and it's also hard not to pick them. But you know, the Browns' defense has improved. Their offensive line has improved, which means they can kind of stick with the Ravens in terms of ball control and converting first downs. That play action game, I think it might be a little bit lower scoring than we think. 
I think these two teams will feel each other out. I think both teams are proud of their defense. I don't think either team is going to sit back and throw it 55 times like the Kansas City game. Uh, clearly, the Baltimore can score in five plays, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Lamar for 20, Lamar for 20, handoff, uh, Andrews touchdown. It's like it happens quick. Yep. Uh, even though they don't throw a lot, they just all of a sudden score a lot. So this game could could be a little bit lower scoring and a little bit you know closer than than the books have it right now. Kind of curious on your take. What do you see happening in this game? Well, I think you just said it right. This is an AFC North battle, and these, you know, this division is always a a slug fest, you know, between all these teams. Um, you know, I do think it's going to be a little bit on the lower scoring side, and but there's a lot, there's a lot of things I want to look at at this game, especially, um, you know, their backfields with uh, Chubb and Hunt, and then the the Ingram and J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards treat that we have over there. I'm interested to see what kind of work J.K. Dobbins gets. To be honest with you, because yeah. that's a big, you know, that's a big one right there. How that backfield in Cleveland's broken up with, you know, Chubb and Hunt, and you know, just how does uh, how does Baker look? Is he more comfortable in the offense? What uh, what does Austin Hooper do? How does that offensive line look? You know, these are all questions that we thought Cleveland was going to be this great team last year, and they blew the pooch, which seems to be a thing with them, you know, and. Yeah. What do they do this year? So it'll be interesting to see if these new pieces work and if that offense gets better and what does OBJ do? And I feel like Baltimore is going to come out. Um, this is at Baltimore. So, you know, they're going to come out fired up. Um, their defense was fantastic last year. I feel like they just got better. I mean, I, this this team knows how to draft. I mean, they're just fantastic team. To, they just they just know how to build a freaking team and they got some nice defensive players on there i think they're gonna just come out firing and looking to like really kind of set the tone like casey's gonna look to do and you know we'll see if it goes out i think you like you're right it's gonna be lower scoring but baltimore's gonna be rallying up for this one yeah absolutely i mean you know we've seen it so many times with baltimore that they play so much better you know from ahead as they proved in um, playoff loss that when they're behind they just kind of don't play as well and I mean which teams do but obviously we looked at Kansas City they look pretty good when they're behind 24 and you know so there are some teams that can play from behind the Ravens not as much you know they're they're they want to control you they want to score first they want to play good solid defense and they just want to eat the clock and just make you just kind of really defeated on the defensive side. We're like, what the hell do we have to do to stop this ridiculous nonsense? And then Marquise Brown, you know, just running a 4-3 straight down the middle of the field and just break your heart. And, you know, Andrew's hitting the seam. And they just really have a way of, uh, you know, of doing one thing over and over again and then popping it, you know, with a play action uh, pass uh, down the seam or down the sideline or down the middle, you know, where it's just, it's got to be tough. And, you know, with Miles Boykin and Devin Duvernay, these guys are, these guys are really talented players. It's whether or not they're going to, I don't know, you know, do anything or, you know, but I feel like if you take away the, the nonsense they had, what was it? Willie Sneed and Seth yeah. Roberts, you know, Seth Roberts. I mean, that yeah. was just so awful last year that, you know, if you can put what Boykin and what uh, Duvernay could be, Instead of those Jags, I think they they might be super dangerous. So I'm keeping an eye on that as well. But you know, the thing that I that I circled here on this game of, is my my love for J.K. Dobbins. I mean, he is far and away the, the the best running back on this team. But there's veteran deference, and you know, Mark Ingram has has earned every bit of whatever he gets because he's been such a professional and such a stud over the over the course of his career. That you know, it's different than you know Marlon Mack, Carryon Johnson. 
you know, situation with some of these other rookies, um, you know, you almost have to kiss the ring with Mark Ingram and let him play what he's going to play. That being said, I think someone had told me that between Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, there were like 150 to 200 carries last year between the two of them. Uh So I think if you kind of replace that with the J.K. Dobbins and maybe eats a little bit, I think it could be a little bit closer to a 50-50 split just because there's so many running plays that they could each get 15 carries, so to speak, right? You know, or in that ballpark, you know. I think there's 30 running back carries a game, potentially, you know, not every game, but potentially, certainly in every game. And so if they're splitting it up and one game it's 18-12 and one game it's 17-13, whatever the case, and it's just sort of flip-flopping back and forth, certainly if they're riding the hot hand, that hot hand could very well be J.K. Dobbins Mm -hmm. because he played in this exact kind of offense in college. He took the most RPO snaps uh, of any other top back in this draft. I mean, he is built for this offense, and he can also catch passes, which they're playing around with with him, which – my goodness gracious, if they get a play action, you know, sort of back out of the backfield catching ball, I mean, this could be a whole, whole, whole thing there in, in, in Baltimore. And I'm excited to watch it. Um, I'm not eager to push, uh, Mark Ingram out of the way, but I am very, very eager to put J.K. Dobbins at the top of this, uh, you know, running back totem pole and see what he can do. Absolutely, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing you're doing. I think we all are. Um, so <laughs> let's just see what, how it plays out, but, all the talent in the world that kid has, and he could just get that opportunity and just keep kind of going at it. He's going to be a stud next year. Yeah. Hey, BZ, it's like uh, it's like this, right? You know, you pop in the Madden game, you take out Baltimore. Who are you putting in at running back, right? <laughs> Who are you putting? I mean, it's yeah. not even close, right? Yep. Oh, it's Dobbins. He's in there immediately. Like, no, what am I going to run with Mark Ingram? Get the hell out of here. You're the backup. I mean, immediately. Yep. Uh, so it's kind of like that for us as dynasty players. We're like, dude, put him in. Um, I know it doesn't exactly work that way, but I think this kid is, you know, just an absolute stud in the waiting. And, and then on this team, too. Um, yeah, if, if anything were to happen to Mark Ingram, and I don't wish that upon anybody, but put it this way, if there's any possible way that Dobbins gets, you know, a 70%, you know, uh, market share of that of that running back touch. I mean, he's a he's a top six, top five RB, right? I mean, easy, 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 dude. right? Easy. <laughs> so easy. nasty. Oh, yeah. Man. So I'm getting excited. You ready for a woof? Oh, give me the woof, dude. Next game, Jets at Bills. Oh, bro, that's a that's a woof, dude. That's the woof <laughs> of the week right there. Woof. Who's oh. watching that game? Woof. No, dude, there's not there what is there to talk about this game? There's really not a lot to even I mean, the Jets are just putrid. Oh, the gaze factor. I can't I'm so excited for them to go for him to go away. I mean, he's the opposite of it. Oh, everything he touches turns to gold. Everything he touches turns to I mean, you know, the the most hilarious offseason uh news bit of the of the offseason was definitely Adam Gaze and the Jets trade for Kalen Balaj. They didn't just pick him up. They traded for him. They gave something up to get this guy. And then he's so broken that he can't pass a physical and the, the trade gets reversed. I mean, woof. That's, that's so bad, dude. Like, how? How? I, I just I just don't understand it, man. And it's just, you look at it and you're just like, it, it, the thing is, is all I can say is from a dynasty's Dynasty perspective is, you know, they they do the Jets have, you know, Mims is a guy that I'm high on. I'm I bought the dip on Mims just to get him. <laughs> so when Gates yeah. gets fired next year, and hopefully we can see, you know, what what they can actually do. But 
That's right. Because he's, he's, that, that's right. The, the dip is right now. I mean, you know, he was a second round pick. If you can convince someone to sell him for a 21 third, I mean, probably not. But if you can, that's obviously a slam. And even a 21 second may be a pretty good buy. You know, I mean, that's obviously the, you know, uh, you'd probably do a different trade where you're trading some other, you know, nonsense to, so that you don't have to give up a 21 second, maybe this, that, and the other, and a 21 third. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get him back somehow. But, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so moving along, look, I will say, obviously, the one thing I am super excited to look for in this game is how Buffalo handles the snaps and touches and what kind of touches with Singletary and Moss, mm-hmm. you know, between the 20s, goal line targets, um, you know, total snaps, total touches, total targets. I'm going to be looking at all that. Um, and of course, you know, performance and how well they, those two guys played. You know, obviously everybody knows my chips are in on, on the Zach Moss yep. uh, side of this coin, but, um, you know, Devin Singletary could very well run away with it. It's absolutely possible. Do you, do you have, uh, I know that you've kind of been low on Zach Moss. H- have I, have I been able to, to turn you around on this at all? Or are you still telling me I'm crazy? No, dude, like, let's put it this way. You know, being in a group with you and term and everybody like that, like, Sometimes we just got to have some fun and just bust some nuts and know where you can get your digs in and where and where you can. And I don't really own much Zach Moss, um, but I have re- acquired a few shares in recent drafts because of you guys. And I wasn't going to say anything to anybody just because <laughs> hopefully term doesn't hear that part. But it's it's fun to, you know, just like me with, you know, David Montgomery. You guys yes. know you guys know you can kind of get your digs in and we could have that fun little game. My Zach Moss was kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? It was just kind of, but again, you're looking for value and Zach Moss was a value and there's no doubt about it. So his ADP is way up. I, I just drafted a redraft league on on Yahoo and I think they had him, uh, the X rank or whatever was at something like 70 something. He'd been consistently going in the 100 to 120 range, you know, for the entire off season, which was the basis of my problem. It wasn't that, oh, definitely Zach Moss is better than uh, Devin Singletary. It wasn't that. It's like, I don't know which one is better. Flip a coin is what I think the right answer is. I mean, if you're that much higher on Singletary, okay, great. I That's fine. If you're that much higher on Moss, okay, great. That's fine. I'm kind of higher on Moss, but I'm kind of like, I'm not sure. And I couldn't imagine... Uh, Devin Singletary going at RB twenty one and and Zach Moss going you know over pick one ten it just that didn't make any sense to me I think it's starting to come back together and he's a less he's he's less of a slam dunk at pick you know sixty five right or seventy five than he was at one ten it's like my God what are you talking about he's not this is ridiculous he could be the RB one in Buffalo you know I think at the very least we were all afraid of a fifty fifty split sixty forty split well if that's the case that means we're unsure. You know, I think every, all the analysis that we had, everybody in our group collectively said, yeah, yeah, this is probably an ugly backfield. I want to stay away from altogether. Well, that mm-hmm. means that we don't know. And if we don't know, that means there's value in Zach Moss because he's going so late. Yep. Absolutely, dude. And that's yep. the thing. I mean, people have been driving him up lately and that's where his ADP is climbing. You know, there's just a lot of Zach Moss chatter. But again, it's one of those things where we, we don't really know. So just we got to see how it plays itself out. One of those two is going to get something probably, but. Again, it could be a it could be that fifty fifty split all year and just drive you crazy every game, you know. And we'll see how that we'll see how that turns out. 
By the way, I think the Bills are only favored by like six or something. Definitely take the yes. Bills. I think they're going to kick the shit out of the Jets somehow. I mean, the Jets, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think the Bills are a focused team. They're going to come out hot. And, um, you know, uh, the Jets are coached by Adam Gaze. You know, take the take the week one points and, and put it uh, uh, against uh, Adam Gaze, I guess. I mean, anything can happen. I'd probably stay away from the game altogether, but that's, I guess, where the money would be. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders are going to be playing in Carolina, and they're favored. Uh, the Raiders are favored in Carolina, which should be pretty interesting. I, you know, I don't know that the the Raiders should be favored on the road against almost anybody, I, I, but they are. Um, I'm not saying they can't win. I'm not saying they can't even win big. That Panthers defense is kind of a mess, but, you know, West Coast team coming east, week one. You know, pandemic, whatever the case. I mean, just all sorts of different things going on, and I, I'm not so sure if I if I see that. I, I I also think that this could be one of those sneaky shootouts where the Panthers' defense is so bad. I don't think the Raiders' defense is exactly that good. I think that Carolina coaching staff and and that front office wants to play a little fast. I don't know that they have the quarterback to play fast, but at the same time, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I mean, we just mm-hmm. haven't seen him try and play fast, so maybe he can. Uh, yeah. He's certainly accurate. He's going to have those quick receivers all over the field. He'll have speed on the field with, you know, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel stretching the stretching the defense. DJ Moore every everywhere else. Christian McCaffrey obviously is a threat no matter where he lines up. So there should be a way for the Panthers to move the football. I don't think they're going to be, you know, three and out. Uh, do you think that they're going to be a, a, a? I think they're going to actually move the football. What do you think? I don't actually I agree. I was actually going to say that I feel like this has the potential for that sneaky, like just blow up game where all of a sudden these two start going head to head, just dropping touchdowns everywhere. And you're just like, well, how the hell did that happen? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, absolutely. You know, both teams have talent on both sides of the ball. I mean, I do like again, Teddy is always been kind of like more of that game manager. He's never been like that. Open up the, you know, just open it up and just start hucking them deep and car as well. And, and cards exactly as much as Tommy doesn't want to admit it. I think they, you I know, think they should move the ball. Both of these teams, they, right? Sh- they you know? should. And but there's they have some electric receivers on both sides of the ball. They've got right. some re- electric running. I mean, Josh Jacobs against that Carolina defense is mouth watering. <laughs> McCaffrey yeah, against the Raiders is mouth watering. <laughs> I mean, like this could just this could turn out. And I'm interested to see what that you know Las Vegas. Um, wide receiver core looks like like you know is brian edwards rugs out there you know who's getting targets who's you know snap share who's out there uh waller renfro uh there's there's questions absolutely and you know when you look at you know what you're talking about with brian edwards and and rugs i mean you would think these guys are going to be on the field a lot and playing a lot of downs and you know it'd be kind of cool actually to see rugs just take one and house one you know i mean uh, i've been i've been critical of him but actually he's one of the most fun players to ever watch. I mean, this guy can, I mean, he can jump out of the building literally. I mean, he's, he, you know, you know, the, the highlight reel of dunks and, and he can run out of the building. So, I mean, in terms of if he's, you know, if he can just, if, if Carr can hit him, at, you know, in stride on one of these, on one of these plays, he should be able to find him for, for a big one. I think Edwards will get more targets, but I really think this is a very, very sneaky DFS uh, play. I, I, I've been playing both Jacobs and CMC, as my RB one and two and in, in, in DFS lineups, I think you know you just sort of jam them in is is the way to go. But I, Jacobs wasn't even that expensive. I mean, obviously CMC is expensive, but who cares? He he hits every time. So you know you, you basically start every DFS lineup, especially in cash, with CMC and let everything else play from there. 100%. And if you're going to stack anything, I mean, 
I don't love the defenses here just because both quarterbacks take care of the football, and I think it could be a sneaky uh, high-scoring game. But, you know, Robbie Anderson or Curtis Samuels could also have uh, some big plays, one or the other. Maybe you kind of find a way to sneak those guys into a couple DFS lineups. I would not be looking to play maybe either one of them in, you know, in a conventional league unless I had to. I think I've got Curtis Samuel in a couple spots where I'm like, you know, he's he's a starter. I'm not exactly happy about it. But, yeah. um, you know, we're in a lot of deep leagues, 20-team leagues, etc. So there's some spots where I'm playing Curtis Samuel. But Waller. I mean, should absolutely smash. I mean, yep. this should be a really big game. I think it's going to be a big scoring game. And then, of course, you know, I love I love some Brian Edwards, so we'll have to see how that how that plays out. You know, week one, Bears v. Lions. Uh, you know, everybody knows that I'm kind of fading the Bears big time. I think, you know, right now you got Trubisky on the road to start. Uh, no thank you. I know the Lions are – they could be terrible. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, they drafted a, a cornerback, which helps their secondary, but they kind of let one walk away. So I think that's, you know, kind of net neutral. Um, <clears throat> the defense should be better, but how good, I don't know. But I think they're going against a, a Bears team that could really struggle this year. Their offensive line is not good. Brad Wire has them in the in the bottom, I think, five in the league in, in, in total offensive line play. Uh, and they're protecting a quarterback who has no creativity, a coach that has no idea what he's doing, uh, you know, a scheme that they're basically – they're running a Nick Foles scheme for Trubisky. Just put Foles in already or at least change the scheme. Hopefully they do. Um, I think it's just bad news for your David Montgomery shares, and I'm not even piling on. At this point, I'm being pragmatic and, and practical. I just think, you know, at this point, um, I, I like the Lions uh, – you know, I'll take the Lions and, and give the Bears the point. I think the Lions are going to smoke them. Yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you. I mean, there's a lot of both sides of this of these offenses have uh, injury concern, injury issues. I mean, does Montgomery even play? We don't even know that yet. I mean, from what they've shown in the preseason here with who they've cut and not bringing anybody else in, you would think that he would be full full go at this point, right? But again, this we don't have no idea that groin could act up at any point. Um, again, it's like you know, if if I'm taking a shot here, it's on that offense, it's probably Allen Robinson, and that's probably about it, just because I feel like he's going to see his no matter what. Um, sure. You know, Detroit, I mean, I think I think they they could actually come out and have a decent game. I mean, Stafford was looking fantastic last year before the back injury. Kenny G, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see if Swift plays. Um, you know, with the signing of AP today. Yeah. Um, that kind of like just it, it. It's not. I don't think it is like this huge drop on Swiss value. It, it's no. It, and if there if there is a drop, then you might take advantage and you get yourself a share of Swift. Absolutely. But, in Dynasty, DeAndre Swift zero movement in, in the rankings whatsoever. Absolutely uh, because of Adrian Peterson zero. I'm not yep. even concerned. However, in redraft, you and I both were jumping on the DeAndre Swift league winner bandwagon. You had said yeah. it on the podcast. I tweeted it before I listened to the pod. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted it and then I listened to your pod and I was like, oh shit, BZ dropped that same I, – I, I'm right there with you. And of course, then he tweaks himself, lower body, not exactly sure what's going on there. And they sign AP. So now with AP and carry on and, and Swift – it's definitely a lot more murky than it was, uh, you know, a few short weeks ago. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I kind of feel like Swift could kind of look at like uh, what Miles Sanders did last year, potentially, where, you know, yep. he, he doesn't start off hot, but all of a sudden, right at the, you know, those last nine games, he just turns it on and starts to get that work and starts to look like that stud RB we knew he was. 
So and, and that's where Miles Sanders was being drafted last year too. So I, I love that value. But if you got to pay up as a you know maybe even your RB two or something like that or whatever or your flex, it's really hard to to draft them. I suppose if you are playing with some other suckers and you just want to get that Miles Sanders late value and you still think you can fill a, a roster uh, late, well then maybe it's worth a swing in the fifth or sixth. But it feels expensive to me given injury, carry on, AP. Ugh, it's just a little bit kind of depressing but you know maybe uh, maybe he finds his way to the top there quicker than i than i'm thinking yeah well let's move on um colts at jags uh i, I kind of like this game i don't know why i want to watch this game um the jags man they are <laughs> in full tank mode uh getting rid of leonard fournette obviously was the shock wave uh you know we got to kiss the ring of evan silva you know yeah. I, I know in our in our undroppables chat uh, I had mentioned what Evan had said, and some of some of us were, you know, not buying what I was selling. I wasn't selling that it would happen. I was just selling that Evan might have, you know, some knowledge of the fact because he's usually pretty good in that regard. That was my point. I didn't think it would happen either. I actually was fading that, waving Fournette, but I really believe in what Evan always has to say. And I thought, why would he say that unless he had really good intel on that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then it happens, and then they trade Yannick Ngakwe, and. They're looking to trade literally everything they can. They're literally playing video game rebuild or dynasty rebuild right now. They're just selling everything they got for picks, pushing it all, trying to get an early pick, trying to – yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. So that team should get torched. But they've got the mustache, man. And Minshew Magic is real. And so he's worth probably, I you know, give or take 20 points on the line. So, right? I mean, this oh, is the, yeah. behind Mahomes. It's Minshew, right? Yeah, dude, I'm, I love Minshew this year. I mean, <laughs> how can you not love this kid? I mean, and I do, man. And the thing is, is I, people are this kid right now is playing for his job. Yep. Nothing is settled next year for if his life. Ja- yes, if the Jaguars have a top three pick next year, there's a very good chance that they're looking at Lawrence at that one, number one overall. If they if they're Absolutely. there, absolutely. So yep. Minshew <laughs> needs to come out. He needs to hit it hard. He's going to be trying to make. He's going to try to look as as good as he can, and yep, even for a, p- a possible position somewhere else next year. Exactly. You know, I, I yep. You know, I think he's good enough to start in this league. I really do. And and you know, you think about what he was able to do last year, given the train wreck that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, front office all the way through coaching all the way. I mean, they're just it's an absolute nightmare. Their offensive line was terrible last year. I think the guy that wins in on this team now that I know where they're at is LaVisca Chenault. Yeah. I think LaVisca is now the guy they say, hey, you know, it's Chark and let's see what this LaVisca kid has. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the Minshew, Chark, LaVisca. I don't know if LaVisca will, will break that sort of top two or three wide receiver role on this team, but I think he kind of will just by default. I mean, he's just such a monster with the ball in his hand. I mean, He's basically a poor man's A.J. Brown. He didn't run – well, he ran, but he was hurt at the combine. So we really don't know how fast or what kind of an athlete he is. Everybody that sort of knew him and you know knew his, his measurables said he was a monster when it came to running the 40 that he was going to blaze. And on the other side, I mean, you can, you can add something about LaVisca, but I'll hit one more. I, yeah. I feel like J.T. is going to get his today uh, or Sunday. I feel like they're going to give him the ball. I feel like he's going to break something. This is like – I mean, he's got to be smelling blood right now. I mean, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play, right? Am I missing something here? No, dude. This is – we have always been – at least I know I I know you've been on it. I know Polly's been on it. 
where it's always JT 101. You know, like this kid is just such Special. a talent. Yes, he he is that next level. And I think it's just it's only a matter of games before he starts to just take over and just it's going to be done after that. I think so, man. I think he might find a find a seam here and, and break one. I just have a, you know, I I, I think I said, um, you know, I, I just kind of like him for 10 to 15 touches and 100 yards and a score. Like he's just going to have a 45 yard run that melts faces and you're gonna be like, oh, OK, JT, <laughs> he's here. All right. I, I'm sorry. I said, I just feel like it's going to be one of those. I, I don't think it's, I don't think he's going to get bottled up. I think that team should be very good. That offensive line should be able to throw that, that Jacksonville defensive front around as much as they want to. Their play action game is good. Uh, Rivers with, you know, a full, you know, Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton and, and Pittman. Yep. I just think that's a really good talent distribution, right? You know, Pittman's kind of that, that X, uh, you know, T.Y. can play all over Paris Campbell. You know, he can, he can stretch the defense and he can run some of those underneath routes. I mean, it should be a lot of fun to see what they can do. And, and, uh, T.Y. I think could have a sneaky year for sure. So I, I, that's a game that somehow, somehow or another, I'm excited to watch, even though, you know, I think the Colts should run away with that one, at, uh, you know, because the Jags just don't have the defense to hold up. Absolutely. And then, like I said, again, I think you're just going to see some garbage time Jag fantasy points, which are they're still good fantasy points. So, yeah, we've been up. saying garbage time Jags points since Blake Bortles was there. So we're used yeah. to it, you know, <laughs> uh, Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson. You know, that's oh, the Minshew yeah. and Chark are the new Bortles uh, Robinson. Unfortunately, I think. Uh, Minshew is actually really good, or at least you know above average. Whereas Bortles is certainly not. Yeah. Um, one of, one of my favorite games of the early slate is honestly, I, you know, I said this <laughs> when I was writing it up. I said this is this is a game that could have playoff implications. This is Packers at Vikings. Yeah. This is a playoff game, man. These two teams are very likely going to be neck and neck for the NFC North down the stretch of the season. And tiebreaker and, you know, who's 1-0 and who's 0-1, this, this is going to matter. Uh, this is a game of the week type of type of game. I'm not sure what the hell is going to happen. What do you got here, BZ? It's so tough because Rodgers, I just feel, is going to just be like laser focused right now. I think he just wants to come out and just set the world on fire after they drafted uh, – uh, what's uh Love, I, Jordan Love. Love, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think he just wants to come out here and just and just – put his mark on the league and just go at it. I mean, Minnesota's defense is good. So if they're going to, if they're going to win, I honestly think they're going to go through the air with Rogers with that uh, Rogers. And, you know, obviously Devonte Adams, big play. Who's the number two. We'll find that out soon big enough. Questions. That's yep. a huge question. Um, you know, and then there's not much. <laughs> at tight ahead, end. No, that's okay. There's, there's not yeah. much at tight end there. I mean, I think Robert Tanya won the, won the starting <laughs> job, which is like, yeah. well, fuck Sternberger. Come on, dude. Like, <laughs> so it, it like, they, I'm just interested to see how that offense looks this year with, you know, everything that they've gone through and vice versa on that Minnesota side, that Minnesota side is very, uh, it, it's similar. They lost digs. That's a big loss, but you know, they replaced that with Jefferson and, you know, Dalvin's obviously playing this year. I mean, I think he realized that he wasn't going to get his money, and he just needed to suck it up, get this year played, and he could have a very good year. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very again. I was high on Dalvin last year. I'm still high on him this year. If he can stay healthy, watch out. Irv Smith Jr. is my other guy on that team. Interested yeah. to see how he takes that next step. He's a young kid. Was one of my favorite tight ends coming out last year. And absolutely, it's interesting because they s- s- kind of uh, seem 
committed to, you know, uh, Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph. And, and yeah. I don't necessarily understand why. I guess he signed a contract a month or, or so ago. And, you know, it's very interesting to see that, you know, they're kind of hanging on to Kyle Rudolph. Although I, I do, I guess I see it. I mean, you need more than one tight end, but, you know, you'd think that, that, that they'd kind of clear the path for Irv. Um, you know, he's a guy that, that I would love to see sort of usurp Kyle Rudolph and, and sort of be on the field more and have Rudolph sort of be the complimentary tight end. Um, I don't know if they see it that way. I don't know if it's reasonable for us to see it that way, but you know, from a talent perspective or at least a profile perspective, that's what looks like it makes sense. It looks like Irv Smith is the, you know, the more dangerous player, you know, stretching the seam and, and, but you know, what the hell do we know? I mean, I, I, I you know, usually we're right about this stuff though, huh? Uh, yeah. you know, what, what, but you're right. The thing from a dynasty standpoint or a fantasy standpoint, but especially from a dynasty standpoint, you know, I'm looking at this team. It's like when you look at the Packers, it's, it's Rodgers, Adams, and Aaron Jones, right? And, you know, I, pr- I literally sometimes pray that they understand that Aaron Jones is a 70, 80% snap share and, He's that he's that guy. Just give him the damn ball. I mean, he proved it last year. We were all saying it for for years. Like, this is a lead back in the NFL, and then they literally have to give him lead back because Jamal Williams, Jamal, shout out to him, Jamal can't play, and he just goes nuts. What more do you have to see? I mean, I don't understand if you're coaching and you see this guy go off. Well, let's get the other guy in there. You know, enough scoring points. Let's slow it down a little bit. You know, what is going on? You know, get the guy in there and let him, let him, let him cook. But, um, but this game, I think, is going to be very entertaining. You know, it'll be curious to see if Tanyan or Lazard or MVS or anybody really can step up in that number two role and, and catch them or number three role behind Jones, I guess, but and catch some passes. But, uh, it should be, uh, should be a fun, a fun game. Uh, moving on to another game that I think, uh, can be extracted for uh, betting is Philadelphia versus Washington. Um, I know Philadelphia is hurting a little bit, but they're only favored by I think six. I don't know if the line moved again. Um, what do you think here, bees? What do you what do you what do you see in in this Philly Washington game? Uh, like this doesn't feel doesn't really feel good. <laughs> I mean Washington that team. Uh, there's so many changes going on with that offense right now, and they don't even have a nickname. I just don't. That's what I'm saying. They don't even have a. They don't even have a team name. <laughs> they don't even have I mean, a team name. I mean, what's the most dysfunctional thing you could ever say? I mean, imagine at the beginning of the season being like, "Hey, one of the teams will actually not even have a name this year. They'll be so bad." You're like, "Stop it. That'll never happen." No, seriously, they're going to call them just the team. No, they're not. No one would ever team. do that in the marketing. You know, I mean, it's just unbelievable. They they have sexual harassment lawsuits. They have no team name. They're just. I mean, oh. you know, it's just an absolute mess. And so I just have a funny feeling this team. I mean. They have Ron Rivera. It's like that's the one thing I can say like, you know, but is that enough? Is that enough to change this team's fortune? It is really scary. And Philly comes out, and of course they've been snake bitten with the injuries, but they're going to have enough. You know, Philly's going to come out. I think they're going to score points. I don't think they're going to have much of a uh, much of much trouble stopping Washington. I thought Philadelphia did a good job fixing their defense. I actually think they're a sneaky defense this year. I think they kind of could run away with this one. But of course, you know it's a it's a division game, so sometimes those can get a little wonky. Exactly, and and like I said, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I mean, it, Washington, I wouldn't even really touch much on this, other than you know, I mean, if you got Terry McLaurin, like he's the guy, he's he's going to be a stud, and he's going to get the targets. So I don't know if he's going to have a great game, but I think he should be okay. Right. 
other than that though, man, there's just nothing. There's nothing even nothing. Yeah. What's, you know, we talked about it pre-show a little bit and just trying to figure out, you know, a few months ago we had so many running backs in Washington and now uh, with Darius Geis lighting his career on fire and Adrian Peterson getting surprisingly released, you know, kind of, changes that backfield to now you've got I think Peyton Barber actually leads that team in carries yeah. in week one. Woof. R- woof. Big woof. woof. And you know, are they courageous enough to sort of put a raw rookie or a you know a, a, a Bryce Love in that lead back spot? I'm not so sure. I mean, you know, it doesn't sound like Ron Rivera to me. I think they're gonna have Peyton Barber early down, JD McKissick you know, uh, as the pass catching back and third down back. And I think that's going to be what they do. Steven Sims, maybe some Gandy Golden on the outside. Logan Thomas obviously is the is the sleeper tight end. I actually think, you know, he could be a sneaky DFS play because, of course, I think he's got to be basically stone men. I mean, other than that, could get ugly. Yeah, 100%, dude. This is one of those games where you just – there's not a lot of value there. So, <sighs> Uh, avoid if you can and <laughs> right. if you do just you know tread carefully tread carefully that's right by the way Carson Wentz actually not a bad play though um you know no, especially in seasonal I, I you know Carson Wentz uh Podfather had 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 thrown out this stat that Carson Wentz threw for over 4000 yards last year and didn't have a wide receiver over 500 yards that's that's actually crazy that's crazy right like that's a riddle if i that's told crazy. you that that you wow. say well that's not possible Moving along to yep. Chargers in Cincinnati, boy oh boy, what the heck? There's yeah. some there's some there's some changes here, and I don't know what to make. Uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor and Joe Burrow are you know some scary quarterbacks to be starting if you are because you know Tyrod on the road. Um, you know the defense is certainly soft there, but you know not exactly sure what what to expect from this Chargers offense, and I'm not so sure I like Joe Burrow in this game at all. I think he might struggle against a solid defense and in his his debut. I I just wouldn't expect too much. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, again, this is, you know, they're playing Los Angeles coming to Cincinnati. I mean, you think Cincinnati at home, they're going to be amped up to play. But I just don't think that this team is going to be ready to really, you know, they're not going to come out firing. And if they do, I mean, then Burroughs was worth that first round pick all day long, you know. Absolutely. But again, I think – I think the Chargers are going to come out. I think they're going to slow down the game a little bit here. I think they're they know they can obviously just do what they have to to get get the score up there, and then they can just you know run the ball and just kind of grind the clock down with probably who's that kid they have Kelly Joshua Kelly yeah Joshua Kelly you know they can get get that kid going a little bit. But I like Cincinnati for the like you know moving forward. I love Burroughs. You know, I, obviously you know I love Mixon. Yes. I'm a huge Mixon fan. I'm interested to see how you know he looks because they're going up against a good defense again. So how does that offensive line look? Anything different? You know, who's the tight end that's going to stand out a little bit? Uh, AJ Green, how does he look? Uh, is Burroughs targeting him? Is it Boyd? Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions there. So yes. it's going to be a good game to kind of see how their offense looks as a whole. And then, you know, with Los Angeles, kind of the exact same thing. You know, we know it's Tyrod starting, but there's going to be no Mike Williams. He's already out for the most part, I think, for four weeks. Mm. Eckler is going to be interesting to, uh, you know, to see how he looks now with what's considered the full-time, you know, load. I mean, he was fantastic last year, but 
Melvin was still coming. Melvin still came back and he was, there's, there's questions whether he is, is he that guy? Speaking of Mike Williams, uh, BZ, if, uh, if you're putting a waiver claim in, in dynasty, in dynasty for a wide receiver, is it Joe Reed, KJ Hill or Jalen Guyton? I was actually going to say Joe Reed. I love Joe Reed. I do too. He's been a guy that I've got on a lot of taxi squads right now. And I'm intrigued to see because they're saying it could be he could get some more run now with Williams out. And there's not much behind there oh, to really nothing. like challenge him. No. So it's like, see what he, I mean? I, I, I'm pretty sure too they had him working as a running back at one point. He's a, he's a, I mean, he's a kick return specialist too. I mean, he's just an absolute beast. He's uh, like, like six foot 225. I mean, he's just built like a brick shit house and he runs fast and he's he's just a really instinctive runner so yeah it wouldn't surprise me to hear that they're giving him some some carries whether it be reverses or sort of lining up back there and pitching it to him or who knows what right that being said you know for redraft i'm i just don't know if he's going to be ready to go week one i mean none of these guys really profile as that but this jalen guyton he's sneaky um he had a pretty a uh, high resume coming out of high school and then kind of messed up at his first stop. And then he had to play at a small school and he, he, he tests off the charts. Uh, he's got a great NFL body, great athleticism all the way around sort of profiles as a Mike Williams replacement on the outside more than Joe Reed, which yep. should be more of a sort of a slot plus. Um, so yep. I'm, I, I'm curious. That's, you know, I, I kind of, want to see what they do in that spot there. I think there'll be a little bit of that too tight end. I think this might be a little bit of Donald Parham, who I've been yep. really excited about, but kind of quiet about. I mean, you know, look, if he doesn't make the team, I mean, he made the team now. At least we've got that. I mean, it's not like he's a slam dunk, so I don't want people rushing out. But, you know, I've had him. I have him on just countless dynasty rosters um, just kind of sitting there. And, I've, ha- I, you know, he's sort of the, been the – in many cases on these teams, he was the bottom guy on my roster. He'd be the number one guy I'd cut if I wanted to pick someone up. And I've watched other people pick up other, you know, hot free agents, and I've kind of held on to par him, saying, no, yeah. be patient. You thought this guy was a guy. Maybe he's a guy. Hang on. And so I did so because I think there's tremendous upside. I don't think it's a high percentage chance he hits, but I think if he hits – I think he's his ceiling is super high, so it could be Parham, it could be Joe Reed, it could be Guyton. You know, the other thing I'm I'm keeping my eye on here is is Joe Burrow, and you know whether or not he kind of looks the part or not. I know that sounds kind of cliche, but yeah, sometimes you kind of see it, right? You kind of just you, do. you turn it on, you go, oh no, this is the guy. Even if they lose bad, yep. but he just sort of handles himself and makes some big throws and big moments. Um, you sometimes see it, and other times, uh, you know the the lights are too bright, and obviously the fans won't be too loud, but you know, all of a sudden it's, um, you know, just sort of unravels on him. So I, I want to see whether he's able to handle it. He's going to have a whole lot more pressure coming from this dominant defensive line and his shitty offensive line than he did in LSU where he had, you know, five NFL starters going up against, you know, really often nobody. It's going to be pretty interesting because he's got a really tall task in week one. Yeah, he does. It's going to, I'm very interested to see how he does. If he comes out firing, man, I'm going to be like, Ooh, very impressive. He, he he's does. the real dude. Uh, yep. Yep. Because he, he, even if he even if he stinks, there's still hope for him because many quarterbacks yeah. come out and stink early. But um, if yep. he, like you say, if he lights it up, it's on. Absolutely. He, yes, he's sir. got weapons. I, I mean, I, there's so many weapons there. I don't even know exactly who you know who's going to be the number one target. I don't. I don't. Um, it could be AJ Green, but it very well could be Tyler Boyd. Uh, moving along, 
this is this is the game. My God, afternoon game. I mean, there's two great games, but this is the one. Afternoon game of the week. Tampa Bay Bucks in New Orleans to face the Saints. This is Breeze and Brady. <laughs> I mean, the weapons all over the place. Michael Thomas, Evans, Godwin, um, newly newly found gold and Leonard Fournette. Camara just, you know, I mean, this is like, this is over the top. I mean, this is it's over the top. I mean, the announcers are going to be just spitting, you know, poetry on this one. It's just going to be unbelievable. Absolutely, dude. I mean, obviously we have the Tom Brady. We don't have to really get into that much. We'll see how he looks in the receivers. And, um, you know, obviously I think Godwin's going to have a big game starting off. Uh, more than likely Evans is going to be going up against uh, Lattimore. Yes, sir. Lattimore. Yep. So, you know, I think he still obviously can have himself a game, but yep. it only know, takes one with Evans, right? I mean, you know, one sixty-five yard touchdown. It's, you know, he had a big game and it's funny you say that because I have this, I just have this sneaky little feeling in my head that, that Gronk's going to have a big game. I, I, and oh. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, right. Like he should be as healthy as he's been in two or three years. I mean, he's had a year off. He's, you know, he's been working. I mean, if he's not healthy right now, then they've got bigger problems with Gronk than you sure. know, he should be healthy right now. And this yep. is a big game. This is also one of those playoff, you know, implications games. I mean, these two teams could be fighting for home field or, you know, a wild card situation or the division. In huge games, Brady likes to go to Gronk. It's kind of like the way it works. This could be his little spot here, right? I mean, you know, and with Evans and Godwin and and everybody else sort of taking attention away, he could be in line for uh, for a big big game. And I would not be surprised if they came out there and just did it just because they just because that's, and just the, just that's so right. they could walk out of the stadium with the smiles on their face. Yes, and you know and just, and just rub it all in. Yeah, but, honestly, like sure. seven catches, one hundred and twenty two yards, three touchdowns type of thing, where he's just like, yeah, yeah. Now Gronk was open. That's why I threw it to yeah. him. He looked open to me, so I threw it to him. Yeah. And then, you know, and then all the next three games, he's going to have three for 40, and then you're going to be like, shit. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But this one uh, should be a lot of fun. Breeze is obviously, if he's not one of your favorite players, it's like, how can he not be? I mean, the guy is like literally like, f- like found money. Every, every single week, every single year, he is just consistent beyond anything. I mean, he's been the best quarterback for 20 years, uh, not named Tom Brady. I mean, it's just been amazing. So these two guys going head to head in this game should be just outstanding. So I'm looking forward to this one. And uh, anything else that we should be looking at or, or paying attention to here that that, that you find uh, interesting? Maybe how the backfield looks for Tampa Bay. I mean, yeah. you would think that Ronald Jones is going to get the majority of the, of the work here yep. with Fournette just signing. Yep. So, you know, we'll see how that looks out. I mean, from New Orleans side, I mean, we're not really – we're just going to be looking to see what uh, – obviously their offense is going to be the same offense they ran last year. They got a few new pieces – you know, Emmanuel Sanders is there, so we'll see how that works out. Traquan Smith, does this kid take another step up? They've been talking about him. Um, other than that, you know, it's pretty much the same offense that it's always been. So expect some fireworks and just enjoy the show because it's, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I think Fournette, you know, if he comes out and out, you know, out snaps and outplays Rojo, that's a real big problem for oh. Rojo. I mean, yeah, that's. He's I dead. mean, it's already a big problem for Rojo, but <laughs> if in game one it already happens, yeah. uh, that's a big that's a big problem. I mean, I, I'm with you. I expect Rojo to get more carries, targets, etc., more snaps than Fournette. If he doesn't, that's a, like you said, it's an indictment. Um, yep, that's an indictment on him. 
Uh, moving along, another game that I think, you know, Stoner will be um, watching for sure, huh? Huh? Uh, is Cards at 49ers. Um, ah, fun game right here, too. I, I really want to see the Cards play, uh, but this one could be a tough spot for them to move the football. Uh, that 49er defense, obviously, very, very tough. They'll all be healthy and ready to go. Um, you know, 49ers favored by about seven in this game. Um, you know, implied total for the cards is only about 20. So yeah. I think that Vegas has them not scoring too much in this game either, which I think is kind of likely. I think the San Francisco likes to run the ball, control the football. I think they should be able to do that against that cards defense. And then mm-hmm. the other thing I'm looking at is, you know, this is like the Jimmy G Kittle, uh, DFS stack no. of, of, I mean, of all times. Uh, yes. Debo coming back off the foot. They got rookies, you know, Ayuk and, um, you know, Hurd now out. And, you know, okay, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, the wide receivers are a little uncertain. Nothing uncertain about Kittle and nothing uncertain about how shitty the cards were against the tight end last year. I mean, they were basically <laughs> the stone worst defense of all time against tight end, you know, in 2019. Maybe they improved, but if they improve, then they're just the worst ever. Instead of the worst ever, they're the second worst ever. I mean, they have got a long way to go against the tight end, and the tight end in this particular game is named George Kittle. Uh, so I like Jimmy G, George Kittle stack. I think the 49ers will eventually impose their will in this game, but um, I'm, I'm very curious to see what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, from the 49ers perspective, it's all Kittle. Um, you know, we'll, the backfield is what it is. We're probably going to see a little bit of Mostert. We're probably going to see some Coleman. Uh, you know, how, however, however Shanahan wants to run it, he's going to hit the hot hand. Um, you know, from the Cardinals side, I am interested to see how that offense looks. I mean, you know, Drake had some good games against San Fran last year. So good point. Interested to see if he's healthy, see what he does. Um, you know, see how I, I'm very interested in Christian Kirk. I like to see if he's, you know, starting to take over more of an alpha role in with De- DeAndre Hopkins now there. I mean, that's a huge one too. How do Kyler and DeAndre look? Yeah, that should help. That should help pull some pressure off Kirk, allow him to t- better situations for him to, you know, opportunities for him to win rather than kind of being more like that number one where it was just him and Larry Fitzgerald before. Right. Um, I'm very interested. Like this game, I, I think it's, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun game. Um, but I'm interested to see how that offense looks and just kind of see what we got going on for year two. If it's gonna really be as explosive as they say, and you know, if, if biggest thing for me is if Kenyon Drake's healthy because I think that's gonna make a difference. Because you know what I mean. Like if, if he's if he's not in, I mean, you got Chase Edmonds. So I'm don't curious to see it, how that kid. Don't looks. put that on my Chase Edmonds. You know I love Chase Edmonds, but you I know, do. Hey, so I'm, so I'm like I'm like looking this game I I I'm, I'm like the a dynasty guy I play in countless dynasty leagues I'm I make deep dynasty rankings on you know on the site I mean I kind of know you know third string this and that. I mean it's ridiculous the the amount of players that you and I and you know sort of our brethren yeah. know I look and I'm like I don't even, who is the starting tight end for the Cardinals like oh. Dan Arnold right is now? Is it Dan Arnold? Like, is that because right, though? Is it we, Max it is. Williams? Is it, like, what the hell Williams are they doing hurt. there? Okay, so, William, like. Williams got hurt, so it's, well, as far as I've heard, Williams was hurt. Yeah. And Dan Arnold was going to be, was going to be taking the, the lead here, so. You know, it's like, what the hell? So, I tend to think that they're going to go four wide, and if they do that, you know, I think Larry Fitzgerald will be the de facto tight end. I mean, he can block. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. We know uh, DeAndre Hopkins can block. Um, yep. 
Christian Kirk, eh, I don't know. I, I don't think he's known for it. But the other guy that I think slots in there, and it could be obviously with Hakeem Butler uh, released, Andy Isabella. Yeah. Uh, who could absolutely stretch this team, uh, stretch the D and, and create some big plays. And obviously Kyler with that rocket. I mean, he's got one of the best arms I've ever seen. It's just effortless. You know, if, if, if Isabella plays, he's going to be open because <laughs> yep. there's got to be a yeah. lot of attention on those other three guys. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I loved Isabella coming out. I have a lot of dynasty stairs just sitting on my taxi squad or I'm, 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 I'm all about the kid. I think he's a very talented wide receiver. He's, he's fast as all. Holy hell. Um, just give this kid an opportunity and see what happens. I mean, again, it's just going to be what kind of distribution they get with the receivers. Um, how fast has that offense still has that same tempo from last year where it's just going to be, you know, running as many plays as they possibly can get and just pushing the ball as fast as they can go. And, but it's a very, he's a very intriguing prospect. And I've just been kind of picking him up off the, picking him up on the low, low. Yes. This year as well. Just to, true. You know, slide him in, slide him into trades. Give yep, me Isabella. Absolutely. We'll be good. Okay. Yeah, just give me Isabella. Forget about it. That's right. I agree 100%. And most people are willing to do it because it's like that's how you add value to a trade even, you know, when you when you rebuild, especially with a young wide receiver like that. So that's exactly smart. Um, Sunday night football, man. What another another three-star DFS game. Obviously not, you know, on the main slate being on Sunday night. But, wow, Cowboys at Rams, just so cool. I mean, um, yeah. you know, this should be – I mean, I'm, I'm saying this is an over. Yep. <laughs> give me the yeah, over. I'll go with the over. I think this is going to be a bit of a shootout. I can't wait to see this Cowboys offense. My favorite wide receiver prospect in many, many years, CeeDee Lamb. He's going to have so much room to run with Amari and Gallup taking taking away mm-hmm. some of the coverage. I am so excited. I think uh, I think Lamb has a big game. Not when I say a big game, I'm just saying he's going to be involved. You know, 70 yards or something like that. He's going to see some plays. It's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be. I wonder where CD is. You're going to find him. You're going to hear about him, and he's going to make some plays in this game. And I can't. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, my body's Absolutely. shaking. Be easy. Slow me down. Oh my god. No, <laughs> easy, brother. Easy. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Well, you know, here's the thing. I, I don't know. I don't know how much. I haven't heard the update from today yet, but I heard Amari was uh, a little banged up. So, if he were to sit, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, you might you might not be able to stand up for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, but it's so true. I mean, I, that's what I've been saying about CD is like, you know, one of these guys sits down for a game or two or whatever. He's the alpha. I mean, you know, he's yeah. not walking in there thinking, oh, my God, yeah, I'm going to, you know. He's walking in going, yeah, I'm C.D. Lamb. You know, check it out. I'm awesome. Like, just from the beginning, he knows how good he is. He's going to be that great. He's just going to be an absolute stud. And, um, you know, having three of those guys out there with, with Zeke, <laughs> I mean, this offense should absolutely cook. Um, oh, I yeah. see him. I see him coming in and, and scoring points in that new stadium and, and uh, having some fun in L.A., um, LA yeah. also should be able to move the football against this uh, Dallas team, but I think they're going to need to in order to keep up with them. And I think the thing I'll be looking for is what does the Rams do with their tight ends? Um, yep. Everybody is reaching big time for Tyler Higby. He went again in a draft I did tonight very early, um, way earlier than I'm willing to take him, uh, earlier than all my favorite tight ends. He went way before Hooper, way before Hawkinson. I mean, I, I just, I don't get it, but because it's possible again, it's kind of like that. Uh, Everett and, and Higby to me are like Singletary and Moss. I don't Absolutely. know. I'm not yeah. saying that one of them will or won't be, but who are we sure? And that's the thing. You're putting your you're putting all your eggs in one basket here when you're you're making a move like that. And I've been saying it for this entire time. Like I still think 
it, this could be an every year. And absolutely, if you get Higby and you spend up to get him, you're going to be hurting. I mean, I have very minimal shares of Higby, and most Me of them too. I got off the waiver last year. Right, right. You know, when you were just pulling that out of your ass <laughs> for free, and trying right. to. Well, that's what half the time I was just trying to stop somebody from getting them. So that way I could just, I, I knew I was making a run and why give your opponent a, a player off the waiver, you know? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, you know, but again, I'm interested to see how that works. If they, you know, if they decide to run the two tight end set, how does that affect Cooper Cup? And obviously it, this won't affect Woods in any way. This Woods is like a surefire stud just in terms of situation. He, he's basically, I, I don't see a spot where he would actually be taken off the field. I agree. So. Um, you know, how that affect cup. And then I'm very interested to see how that Rams backfield looks. Cause I know you're, I know you're an acres guy and I'm an yep. acres guy. And I'm curious to see how that distribution is back there and how it looks. Cause that's one that's got me. I don't know if I'll be able to stand if acres starts going off. Oh, I love, I love cam acres. And, you know, I think as a, as a prospect, he's, I, I don't really know what you would say. He doesn't do well. Um, I don't, I don't see it. His body is is perfect. It's a perfect uh, running back prototype body. Um, you know, he's got those big legs. Um, you know, two twenty or whatever he is. I mean, he's just he's really well built for the position. He's fast and he's quick. Um, he's got great burst, great acceleration, uh, great agility, great pass catching. Obviously, great vision. Obviously, great tackle breaking. I mean, to to create anything in that Florida State uh, offense last year, you'd have to have been a marvel just to get it done. So he's used to making, you know, what's the saying? Chicken salad out of chicken shit. So, I mean, yeah. you know, he's used to doing that. He's able to do that. Beasy's the chef. He can do that too. But, you know, most oh, yeah. people can't do that. Um, chef Beasy with the bologna and Doritos sandwich pro <laughs> pro tip on Twitter the other day was – Keep it on with that, brother. <laughs> you know, if you've been to a fine restaurant, maybe Joel Robichon or whatever, skip it. Just log on to Beasy's Twitter page. Get some Wonder Bread, and and he'll take it from there. He'll kind of walk you through some of the big, you know, the big things that you need to understand. But yeah, I just think Acres is, you know, that that stud and waiting, you know, kind of what Gurley was, you know, in the two years that he was dominant. You know, I think Acres can fill that role. I don't know that yep. he's as good as Gurley, who was at that time. But hey, if he's eighty five or eighty percent of Gurley, that's an RB one. So pretty exciting it, upside for Acres. Hell yeah, dude! That's I love Acres. I've been. Trying to grab him wherever I can, you know, him and Swift. And I am super excited to see this game just to watch him. Absolutely. It's a Sunday night game, another visually pleasing game, uh, another high scoring total. Uh, Cowboys favored by three, two and a half, yep. three. Depends on where you're at right now. Obviously, the lines move all the time, but you know, it's a, it's going to be a close game. It should be a high scoring game. I wish I could say the same thing for Monday night. We'll hit these two real quick. Um, yep. But, you know, if you're looking at Monday night, we get Steelers at Giants. Boy, I don't know what to make of this. There's so much uncertainty in this game. I don't know exactly what to make of it. Um, you know, Daniel Jones and Ben Roethlisberger both come with a lot of questions. Daniel Jones had like three huge games last year against against poor defenses. He was a turnover machine, but he had a lot of zip on the ball. He was able to push the ball downfield. He was fearless in the pocket, almost to a fault. That's where he had a lot of his fumbles, just sort of sitting back there as if, it was seven on seven. I mean, unbelievable, that kid. I don't know if he's ever going to get scared back there. He never looked scared. He looked oblivious, um, yep. which is f- just interesting. Um, you know, can he can he fix that? I would think that's easier to fix than the other way around, being petrified back there. 
you know, just say, hey, man, did you see that guy about to tackle you? Maybe uh, react to him. Um, you know, <laughs> ah, just a pro tip here, buddy. And, and Ben with the injuries. So I'm, I'm very dubious about both quarterbacks. And am I, am I onto something here or do you think this is going to be a high scoring game? It has that sneaky potential to be a high scoring game. But to be quite honestly, I think, you know, I think Pittsburgh's D is just going to, come out and just it's gonna be fire i mean obviously you know, I'm, a, I'm a Steeler guy so i you know right. this is not a homer thing but you know there's eight first round picks on that defense and <laughs> right. you know they're just they're ready to get this season going uh i am a little bit i i'm actually you know what i'm not as concerned with ben as i was when the season when we first started all this uh he had a lot of good reviews coming out of pittsburgh um you know i'm just more like i'm curious to see if this team, if this offense can stay healthy mm. for one goddamn year, yeah, you know, with the defense that they have, where can they go? Absolutely, uh, can, I'm with you. You know, because James Conner, I mean, this guy has top ten back written all over him. When he's healthy and he's in that offense, he is a top ten play every week. But the, the health is the key. Ben, he's shown that he can support two fantasy wide receivers, so you know, does Juju come back? Does Deontay take another step forward? Um, a lot of questions. Chase Clay? Yeah, so many a lot questions. questions. This so, is the question mark game. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, is. where's the where's the target share go on both sides of the football? Absolutely. I mean, when you look at James Washington, Juju, and Deontay, I mean, everybody likes one of these guys or two of these guys. It can't be all of them. It's going to be interesting. And on the other side of the ball, you know, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Golden Tate, Slayton, Barkley, I mean, obviously Barkley's the number one guy there, but still, you know, you get my drift. It's like, where's those targets going to go? And who's going to be that alpha? Who's going to step up? I mean, it's very interesting. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how this all plays out and where everything goes. I think the Giants have a tough time with the Steelers. I think the Steelers come in and, 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 and probably beat the hell out of them because of that defense. Um, and the final game. Yeah, absolutely. The final game of the, the week, uh, Titans at Broncos. Um, this is a one point game according to Vegas. Low point total. This is the second lowest point total uh, for the for the slate for the entire week, other than woof Jets Bills. What gives here? Uh, something ain't right. Something stinks. And Vegas is usually right. And the Vegas is usually right. So it, it, you always gotta follow Vegas, man. Like that's one of the biggest pieces of advice on these games <laughs> that I can give people. You know what I mean? It's like don't fuck with it. Um, you know, the, the Titans, you know, there's not a ton to talk about. I mean, it's basically the same team coming back that it was last year. Um, few little changes here and there, but for the most part, they're just going to come out and, uh, do what they did last year. I mean, Jonu Smith is a big guy that we were all looking to Love see if Jonah. he, you know, takes that next big step up and you know, AJ Brown, is he going to, is he going to, you know, take another step forward and become that alpha? And, hey, fuck, is Corey Davis going to become a thing all of a sudden in his fifth year and just break who, out who? like Devontae Parker? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know this exactly. name to speak of. <laughs> exactly. Corey so, Davis, you know. De- Devontae Parker. If it happens, it'll just be so awesome. I mean, it will be. I'll, oh. I'm not, I'll, I'll die laughing because I'm here like, for it, great. man. I mean, just, you know, yeah, just not? a. A nice WR fifteen or something like that, you know, just you know, twelve hundred oh. yards and five touches. You'd be like, "What in the hell is this?" Yeah, yeah and no, then we're gonna have to hear happening. about it on Twitter for freaking all the people on Twitter are gonna come out. I called this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, revisionist history bullshit is what that would be. Nobody's calling yep. that at all right now. He is. <laughs> he, I mean, he is so cheap every time in any in any format. So yeah, it is pretty interesting because you'll probably get a starter's uh, you know snap share and you know he'll run a ton of routes but never get thrown the football. I think. 
Um, Derrick yeah. Henry should be a beast in this one. Yep. Um, Stud. gotta love Derrick Henry. Uh, I'm with you. I, you know, I think it's John who's season all day long. Uh, gonna have a pretty good offensive line with an absolute dominant running back and a play action game with AJ Brown, who's probably the best play action wide receiver you could build in a laboratory. So, um, yeah, good luck. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's, I, I like Tennessee this year. They're gonna be solid and, uh, on the Denver side of it, I mean, again, we're looking at, uh, another, muddled black backfield here with uh gordon Lindsay. you know what's the split carries look like uh you know is Lindsay gonna take more than what everybody's expecting him to which i kind of feel like he is yeah i'm um, starting to sense that as well i think Lindsay might have a bigger role than any of us really thought. thought when they signed gordon i think he might be right on there busy and and then uh, the the you know how does Drew Locke look and how does this receiving core look? I mean, the buzz out of camp is, is that Locke's been hitting up Sutton all the time, so it seems like he's a safe play. Um, Judy, I has been getting a lot more buzz. Obviously, a lot more buzz as of late. Uh, KJ Hamler went down. I believe he is out, potentially mm-hmm. going to the injured reserve, which I think actually works well for Judy. Right. Um, just because, you know, with Hamler out there, he Hamler was more of the slot guy, but he can play outside too, which the advantage is, is you can move Judy all over the field. You can move him in the slot from time to time, blah, 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 blah. But they have Deshaun Hamilton, which Deshaun Hamilton is pretty much strictly a slot receiver, right. which I kicks think, Judy back outside. I don't know about that. I think, you know, so I, I don't know if you saw the – the Benjamin Albright tweet that That's said Tim that Patrick, I Tim was Patrick just was going to be a wide receiver one. I, I don't know that there. I uh, – I'm going there. And I'm not going there because I think Tim Patrick will be a wide receiver one. I think that was obviously one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. But what he did say – and, you know, he is plugged into the team. What he did say was that in three receiver sets, it was going to be Patrick, Judy, and Sutton. And, look, that just yeah, very well may be true. And that may be why he got all excited about calling Tim Patrick. Um, yeah. that's a ridiculous notion to call him a wide receiver one, but it's not ridiculous if he has information that Tim Patrick is playing in three wide receiver sets. And it, it would sure. make sense because that would put Cortland Sutton at the alpha X, uh, Judy in the slot and Tim Patrick could run stretch Z and he can do that. He's actually yep. perfectly equipped to stretch the field and take what's there when it's there. And, you know, Judy is going to be a handful, uh, you know, across the middle running option routes and being that sort of, Edelman Ridley type of player that, you know, just is kind of open all the time. And I think Sutton's an absolute monster. And and I love Noah Fant and Albert O, you know, ripping the seam. I mean, those two guys, I mean, let's I let's see if they can play some 12 personnel. I don't know if Albert O is ready, but if he's ready, right. oh, I can't wait. That's the other yeah. guy I own everywhere in Dynasty. Um, you know, just because he was the the highest, uh, you know, in, in 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 the anatomy of a tight end, he's the he's the poster boy for this draft class. It's not Troutman or Komet. So when you look at what I look at in terms of trying to find that George Kittle breakout, Albert O is what George Kittle looks like. Okay, that's the guy. Okay. Uh, right. Yep, that's him. Late round pick. Uh, all the athleticism in the world. A little bit of some production in college that wasn't exactly. Uh, favorable, but can be sort of excused away with the offense, with situation. Same thing happened to Kittle. You go back and look at his college stats and you go, oh, well, that's why he was a fifth round pick. Yeah, kind of. But you got to look at, um, you know, Drew, uh, Drew Locke and Alberto when they were together. That's when he had his best season. Um, so I am very interested in, in Alberto and Dynasty. Get him now 
right now, right now, not now, but now, right away, so that you can make sure that you have him before this week's games. Because if he does get a chance to play, if and when that happens, he's gonna yep. he's gonna rip someone's face off in the in the secondary and make him look terrible and score a big touchdown. And he's he's that kind of player. I love that. Thank I you. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. That's my Fantastic. guy. I mean, and oh. look, it's a, there's a chance he's a bum because look, he he didn't succeed in in college or at least you know in that 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 junior year for a reason. Well, now he's playing. You know, he's got Drew yeah. Locke. He's got competition. He's in a pretty good system, as far as I can tell. Uh, he's got other quality players around him. Judy, from ev- what everybody says, is you know Mr. Pro. Cortland Sutton obviously has proven that he is a stud. So I mean, he's got people around him. I think this could be an opportunity for him to do it. I, and I'd love to see some twelve personnel. I mean, Fant and Alberto. If you yep. play heavy, you know, you, linebackers aren't covering those two guys. I mean, if they're both on the field, no way. You, you need yeah. to. So that could be a way for them to create mismatches. And if you're asking me if I'd rather have KJ Hamler or Tim Patrick or Albert O on the field, I'd rather have Albert O. So for me, it's Judy yeah. and Sutton and Albert O and Fant. I'd love to see them run some of that. So I'll be looking at that big time uh, late, late, late Sunday night. I mean, Monday night as it is the last game of the week. And, um, you know, you know, we'll all be watching. So uh, we ran long because unfortunately or fortunately, there's a lot to break down on all these games. It's, you know, this podcast probably won't do too many weekly breakdowns, but I thought it'd be really fun to do one for week one. Um, you know, we're going to record with it. We did record this on a Sunday night. We record normally Sunday night and the, the pod drops, uh, you know, as you as you're brewing your coffee on Tuesday morning. Uh, and so normally on a Sunday night, we're not going to, you know, look at to preview. We'll probably do a lot of review and and dynasty analysis yep. from the week that we had um, every Sunday. So, you know, this should be a lot of fun to have a little bit of a preview, see if we were right on the money with a few things, um, you know, and see if uh, see if we knew what the hell we were talking about. We're going to find out real quick. Uh, and I, I, I'm i so here for Absolutely. it, man. I am so excited to get this season going. How you feeling, Bees? You ready to rock? Oh, dude, I'm ready. I've been, I've been ready for weeks to rock, dude. Let me tell you. <laughs> and that so that, so 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 busy. You know, a lot of a lot of the people that follow us and whatnot. You know, they might have like one dynasty league, and so you know, if, if they got Cortland Sutton or whatever, they're watching the game like, oh, come on, Cortland. So tell the folks how many uh, how many teams you have. <laughs> I'm currently at like 47, <laughs> which is just which is absolutely stupid. Um, so, so BZ can't say no, you know, if you say, Hey man, you want to be in my league? He's like, he just can't say no to you. So that's the problem is everybody asks to be in a league. He's like, yeah, sure. I guess I'll be in a league. 47 dynasty leagues. You know, the one thing that does do for you though, and and I know BZ's this way is it doesn't give you take lock on any player. It allows you to, you know, you own everybody, you know, you've got a share of this and everybody's on your roster and everybody's playing against you. So you don't have a favorite guy where you're like, if he doesn't score today, you're going to be pissed. You're just basically watching the games for what they are, you know, and you don't have to be in 47 leagues to get to that point. But, you know, if you guys are listening, you're in one dynasty league, you know, make some friends on Twitter, start another league. You know, the more leagues you're in, the better, you know, as long as you can keep it to something manageable. I'm sure at 47, BZ's got some, uh, some, some leagues that might be like, Oh shit, I didn't know I had that guy. Yeah. There's, there's (laughs) definitely a few leagues that are rebuild. You know what I mean? (laughs) So yeah, you 
You've taken over some doozies, have you? Yeah, I just traded. I basically I traded everything I had and just collected picks, and I'm like, just let it run this year. I don't care. You know what I mean? That's like so just, much fun. It's, yeah, sometimes that's what you got to do. And then next year, though, absolutely, the, the coronavirus is a, is the, the the culprit behind all that. It was just those startups were just getting out of control, and it was like oh, they were, man. It was like every anytime someone was offering a league, we're like, oh yes, let's do something. Let's just draft. Well, that's it. Put on a slow draft, and this will be fun. Yeah. Now all of a sudden we're like, woof. Like yeah, well, <laughs> try, try to do goddamn waiver wire, dude. It's like it takes me an hour and a half to do it. It is. It's ridiculous. So I don't recommend that. And no. I'm sure Beasy will cut down uh, next year. And so if he if he leaves your league, uh, it's don't take it personal. It's just because exactly. he can't be in that many leagues. I've already told him he's got to get it down. So uh, he's going to leave my league. Watch and just be like, no, oh, no, thanks. no. I'm yeah, keeping that one. Out. No. I'm about to take that one down, dude. Don't worry. You know, the, the people got what they wanted today. It was super awesome having you on. You're, um, you know, like I said, the nicest guy on the Undroppables because we're really, you know, we lead with you. We've got all a bunch of jerks and, you know, we're out there just raising hell all over the place and we send you in to clear the path so that everybody knows we're still nice people. So you're, you're the leader there. You're the chef. You're the doorman. You're the, uh, the Ed McMahon. You're the, you're the guy. You're the, you're the, you're the, you know, the, the guy that holds it all together. You're the one sitting there cutting the, Cutting the garlic with the razor blade. We Hell love yeah. you for it. So thanks for thanks for doing my show and and uh, I I look to return the favor. I want to get on uh, um, unscripted and go on there and and you know uh, and just tear you guys up. So Hell I'd love yeah. to join you guys soon. Hell yeah, my man. You are welcome anytime, and I appreciate you so much having me on the show, dude. Means a lot. Hopefully, uh, you know, get through this season. We could do another one at some point, and uh, you know, let's just hope for a healthy 2020 for the rest of the way, dude. Absolutely. As soon as we get some football, we'll be able to talk about some dynasty buy and sell and and all that sort of stuff going forward. So I I look forward to having you back on and and talking some shop. Absolutely, my brother. All right. Peace out. Peace out, Mike.